Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Mavi Bolaños in San Francisco, and these are the headlines we're following. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case that could have major implications for how cities across the West can deal with the homelessness crisis. Governor Gavin Newsom, the city of San Francisco, and leaders around the Western U.S. have asked the top court to overturn a ruling last year by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. In that case, from Grants Pass, Oregon, The appeals court said the Constitution's ban on cruel and unusual punishment bars cities from penalizing unhoused people for sleeping on public property. Cities have interpreted it to mean they cannot clear encampments unless they have enough shelter beds to accommodate all residents. In San Francisco, a judge relied on that ruling to grant an injunction that limits encampment sweeps in the city. And campfire survivors now have until April of 2025 to live in trailers full-time on their properties in the town of Paradise. That's after the town council voted to allow RV living for another year. North State Public Radio's Jamie Jiang has the story. After the campfire, the town passed an urgency ordinance allowing survivors to live full-time in RVs while they recover or rebuild. It was originally meant to end in 2020, but the town kept extending it so people could stay longer. Tuesday's vote extended the ordinance for the fourth time. Motion by Fulton, seconded by Boland. Though previous extensions were accompanied by impassioned speeches from fire survivors, this one came with no public comment and little discussion. Tony Lindsay is the Community Development Director of Building and Code Enforcement. He says the remaining 58 households in RVs were clearly not going to be moved by this spring. You know, we're, we're coming up on less than four months, right? How do we start notifying people uh, that the urgency ordinance was going to end? So he and other town staff encouraged the council to extend the urgency ordinance. It comes with more strict language requiring RVs to have utility hookups for water, sewage, and electricity. Temporary storage of unoccupied RVs will still end this year in April. For the California Report, I'm Jamie Jiang in Chico. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts 
to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Millions of Mexicans living in the United States are eligible to vote in Mexico's upcoming presidential election. KPBS reporter Gustavo Solis spoke with experts about why their votes might matter more than ever. There's going to be a huge presidential election this year. Well, yes, there's that one, but that's not the one we're talking about. There's also going to be a presidential election in Mexico. And depending on how you look at it, it's even bigger than the U.S. election. A very important election, the single most important election in Mexican history, because there's going to be more than 20,000 different positions at stake. The presidency, the entire federal Congress, nine governors, and lots of uh, local uh, places. So this is very important for Mexico. Rafael Fernández de Castro is the director of the Center for U.S.-Mexico Studies at UC San Diego. He says that this year's elections in the U.S. make the Mexican election even more important. Mexico elects their president for one term every six years, so it will be more than a decade before the two countries again have their elections in the same year. Nowadays, I mean, this is a good time to reset the U.S.-Mexican relationship because We have elections here, and we have elections in Mexico. So this is the time to do things, to think think ahead. How can we better promote uh, more cooperation between the countries? If you were born in Mexico, but live in the U.S. now, you're eligible to vote in the Mexican election on June 2nd. And there are millions of Mexicans living in the U.S. And, well, 12 million people, just to make an invitation, 12 million people can decide basically any election. Arturo Castillo-Losa works for Mexico's National Election Institute. He says Mexicans living abroad represent a massive voting bloc, but they've never really acted like one. Consider what happened in 2018, when the last presidential election was held in Mexico. Out of those 12 million people, only 69,000 actually voted. That is a tremendous gap between those who live abroad and those who have a voting ID and those who have actually registered for voting. The National Election Institute is trying to change that. They're engaged in a huge outreach effort that involves Mexican consulates throughout the country, including San Diego. During the last two months, we visited uh, Dallas, San Diego, Los Angeles, Santana, Chicago, New York. Part of the problem is apathy. Many Mexicans in the U.S. don't really have much interest in Mexican politics. They aren't sure why their vote even matters south of the border. But it does. Castillo says Mexicans living abroad still have family and friends back home. They send billions of dollars back to Mexico in remittances every year, and they should have a say in how that money is taxed. His pitch is simple. So if you like what is happening in Mexico right now, vote so this will continue. If you don't like it, vote so it will change. So how do you cast a vote? Well, the deadline to register is February 20th, and you can register online. But you need to have a voter ID before you register. If you don't have it, go as soon as you can to the nearest consulate or nearest embassy and request your voting ID. You need three things to get the voter ID. Proof of nationality, like a Mexican birth certificate, a valid ID, like a driver's license, and proof of residence, like a phone or water bill. And it takes a couple of weeks to actually get the voter ID. Mexicans living in the U.S. will be able to vote online with their computers or phones, in person at one of 23 Mexican consulates, or even by mail, on or before June 2nd. For the California Report, I'm Gustavo Solis in San Diego.
Naomi Gurma has been named the top women soccer player in the country. Gurma is the first true defender to win the U.S. Soccer Female Player of the Year award since the award was given out 39 years ago, and she played in her first World Cup last summer. Originally from San Jose, she now plays defense for the San Diego Wave soccer team, and she'll continue with that team for another three years. And that is the California Report for Monday, January 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, investing in creative thinkers and problem solvers who are working to ensure that people, communities, and the planet can flourish. Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple, in stores or delivered from HintWater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all, on the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.